0: Perfect. Well, first of all, thank you all so much for joining um and taking the time out of your day to join us on the next series or the next episode, I should say, of the live series roundtable events. Um now this is something we've done for a number of years now. Um and then we've recently stepped more into in-person meetups. We want to ensure that whilst I'm not in Copenhagen or not in Stockholm, these things don't stop. Um so today I'm joined by five of the top engineering leaders from across Denmark. Um I'm gonna give them a very brief introduction, um, uh, but I'll get them to do a bit of a more in-depth kind of bio on themselves as we go along. Um, so, uh, we have Conrad, who is currently Senior Engineering Manager at Vivino. We have Kevin, who is currently Senior Engineering Manager at Medible. We have Mikkel, who has just finished up as uh, Senior Director of Engineering at TradeShift. Uh, Galina is a Senior Engineering Manager at AP Muller And last but not least, Klaus Peterson is Senior Manager of Frontend at Selling Group. So... Um, Klaus, I came to you last there. Would you mind doing the first introduction? Just give us a quick run-through of you, who you are, your position at the moment.
1: Most definitely. Um, I'm Klaus, uh, and as mentioned, I'm a senior manager for the front-end team. I currently manage uh, a total of uh, 17 engineers, uh, only in the front-end. Um, out of that, I have uh, two team leads, so kind of manager for managers, but also not uh, fully. Uh, and then I have a tech lead. Uh, I've been in engineering management for three years only, so this is still fairly new uh, compared to some of the more uh, senior people we have here.
0: Perfect, thank you very much. Uh, Galina, we'll come back to you next, if that's okay.
2: Yeah, sure, so I am Galina. I grew up in Russia and have my computer degree back from Russia, and that's also where I started my career. And then, I moved uh, to Denmark uh, to work as software engineer for Microsoft and did it for many years. Also worked like on many different domains, and uh, eventually I moved to management role, to leadership role, and now I am in Maersk. Uh, I have uh, four teams, uh, including some vendor teams, and uh, the teams are distributed between Copenhagen and uh, India. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, Mikkel, you next, please. Yeah.
3: Thank you. Yeah, my name is uh, Mikkel Um I've been working about seven, eight, nine years as a developer, and then I have about uh, 15 years experience in different uh, management roles. Uh, the latest one was in Traceship, where recently, uh, that I recently left uh, there. It was a senior director role. Had about 60 employees uh, distributed on on 12 uh, different teams. Um, I'm starting at a new position on on November 1st, also a director position in a slightly uh, different company, like large, much larger company. Uh, um, in a in a in a director role, so yeah, I guess that's the short version. Awesome, thank you very
0: much, Kevin.
4: Um, yeah, so. Yeah, Kevin, uh, I've been working in software professionally for about 16 years um, Done a bunch of different things like PHP, web backend, um, and eventually specialized in Android for a long time um, and transitioned into leading a small team, being in charge of product, there was a web app, um, and then that eventually turned into a management role um, about four years ago. Um, working with Medable, I'm uh, managing a smaller team of about five engineers, um, and combining that with also being the tech lead for the team. So It's
5: uh, short.
0: Perfect, thank you very much. And uh, last but not least, Conrad, we'll, we'll come to you.
5: Thank you very much, Jamie. Yeah, hi everyone, uh, I'm Conrad. Um, I'm currently a sub, uh, yeah senior engineering manager, as you said, Jamie at Vivino. I've been there for, uh, for six years, but started as an individual contributor, um, iOS engineer specifically. Uh, I've done that path for, for a number of years and then transitioned into uh, my current role as a manager. I am a uh, part of a cross-functional team uh, where we work on our new premium subscription product. Um, and we have seven engineers as of now, soon joined by another next month. So eight engineers, course functioning across uh, various platforms Uh, and yeah super exciting to be
0: here and then talk about coaching awesome thank you very much yeah leads us onto it nicely to be fair so now that we've all got a bit of an understanding of kind of who each other are and what our current positions are i think it's time to, to kind of really kick on with the conversation so um this is something that came up a lot when I was in Copenhagen a few weeks ago. Um, we did a, a management meetup there and a lot of people were talking or asking for kind of ways in which they can, you know, coach their developers and some successful methods they ha- they've had. So I thought, you know, what better way to talk about that than on a, a round table event? So I guess the first thing that I wanted to cover really is, and obviously we can keep this specific to software engineering. I'm not looking for any advice on football coaching or anything like that because I definitely need it, but it's not the time. Um, but in terms of software development specifically, what, what, what is coaching to you? What what do you class as coaching and what would your definition of it be, essentially? Anyone feel free, free to jump in now, by the way. It's a bit of a free for Yeah, I can start. Oh, oh here you go.
5: You want to go no, on? thanks <laughs> um, yeah I kick it off I, I was thinking a lot about it actually before before we met and uh, you know to, to come up with some sort of uh, single sentence what I, what I think maybe coaching is to me um, and I think the the way to summarize um, that we can then talk about more is the coaching to me to facilitate a problem solving process for some other uh, another person. And uh, that could be potentially any problem, right? Of course, we're going to talk more about the pro- uh, this in context of engineering management, but that could be anything. We're also there for for our team as, as human beings, and and want to help them with uh, with whatever problems they may have day to day. So yeah, I think the facilitation around problem solving is is what coaching is to me in a nutshell.
0: Cool. Any advances on that?
5: No, I, mean, I totally agree. I think that's that's a good
3: definition, um, and, and and maybe then to bring it into where it gets a little bit more specific to the uh, to the engineering uh, engineering leadership space. Uh, I think there's definitely some things to be aware about, which is uh, like the definition that you kind of put forward or description, Conrad. It's also, uh, I guess, also kind of reached into that where it's kind of a neutral thing. You're and you're supporting, you're facilitating uh like or trying to get something out that's already or knowledge or something that's already some in some in some way there in the team that you're kind of facilitating it to 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 come out um and of course then when you hit into uh, for like it is for all of us here where you then combine that with a management role where you actually so there's like some different aspects that comes into it like one is uh, you actually have a vested interest. In where this team is going i mean you are you had your hands in, in the soup yourself i mean whatever whatever they decide to do it also come, uh, comes back on you so i think that that's one important aspect to when you kind of combine uh this kind of uh, leadership and uh, and 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 with with coach, you know, coaching techniques and the other thing is the is the kind of the power stance that there's there's always a power relation going on between you and the and the uh I mean, unless you have some construct where you're kind of coaching members of a different team in a different department, you might get out of that. But but in in, in, in kind of the day-to-day situations, there's, you need to really be careful and, and consider that kind of uh, power stance or that that's always at play as well. Uh, yeah. I-
2: I agree with that. And I think it's both like what have been mentioned about uh, that being part of kind of helping um, developers to grow and uh, helping to progress in the organization, helping to do the best that they work, uh, which in some cases also including like uh, helping them with some, um, their personal issues or something like that. But I also, I think uh, it's important to look at it from the perspective of organization. And a lot of organizations now consider coaching like as a, one of the best ways to impose a company culture, company values, and uh, that can be uh, done as well this way. And that's one of the most successful tools to um, succeed on that path as well.
0: Yeah.
4: yeah when uh yes yeah, sorry, uh, sorry when, that, like when that, i was when, when i was thinking about this uh b- before this conversation i was also you know i was thinking about what does it mean to you know be a leader uh, in the organization and, and um i was trying to figure out like what is the definition of coaching for me and um, i think there's a few different aspects and a few different like approaches to this and um like there's you know mentoring which is you know useful to unblock someone like sharing advice sharing knowledge and experience um coaching uh like asking open-ended questions that people reflect like that's that's an important part of it for me and then you know sponsoring where you give people an opportunity to grow um, give them visual visu- visible valuable work basically um, and i think those those are three important aspects um of it, than like we're discussing today um and i think you know a great moment from for me like from a coaching perspective is when someone when i'm in a conversation with someone and I ask them a question and they kind of lean back and say huh uh, i really thought about that and then give it some deeper thought i think that's that's important for me uh, in coaching
0: awesome Close. have you got any advances on this? Or has everybody stolen your answers already? I think uh, everyone uh, has got a pretty good much covered. I, I see uh, coaching
1: is a difficult word, especially these days, I think. And I see it more as, like, one of the ways you can unlock people's potential. Like, if it's individuals uh, or in a team basis, I think that really comes down to what methods to use. Um, I think I see coaching more as a broad term of trying to help everyone improve. Um, Maybe that's also not the correct interpretation, but uh, of course, everyone to their own uh, way of seeing it. I think,
0: yeah, and that's what what we've pretty much gathered here, right? From the first five answers, we've had five kind of similar, but also very different answers in some ways. So it's um, it's not a one size fits all uh, scheme, right? So. I think one of the, the really cool things that was said there is that how it can be used to help impose company culture as well. Such a big thing, you know, especially, you know, a lot of a lot of you here are working in quite large businesses. Um, you want to make sure that new kind of joiners to the team are able to, to pick up on that. And then I guess also it can also be used for internal promotions, right? You know, if you're struggling to find a leader or somebody for a particular position, coaching can be an effective way of of being able to kind of shoehorn somebody into that new position in the team. Um a good point I think to, to come to next is Almost is in your position as a manager or a leader, how do you spot gaps in knowledge or spot areas in which people are struggling to identify that some coaching is actually required? But what are some of the ways that you have found success doing that previously? Um, well, I put everyone on the spot now, haven't I? Apologies about that. Um. But...
4: like i can i can say something like maybe it's different uh for me than, than for some other people because i'm also still like as i mentioned before like i also work as a tech lead in the team um and then so i'm very close to to the code still um so it's you know in like when we're talking about software engineering specifically like being involved in the mrs uh, or prs um and reviewing code and uh, talking about architecture with people, like that helps at least spotting you know, technical gaps. Um, and that, like, that makes it easier for me to do that at least.
0: Um, yeah, so more, more kind of about being close to the developers. And I, I know a few people in here have mentioned that they're kind of leading man- or managing managers almost. So you know, even if it's not from a, a coding perspective necessarily, how, how do you kind of spot maybe issues in the way that they're managing their team and, and things like that? I mean, it depends a little
3: bit how how close you are to the team, um, and 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 what kind of. Um, uh, so the position that I have for 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 the, the last couple of years, I've been kind of pulled back a little bit. So it's uh, so, um, but I mean, I I do interact directly with the with the managers of the teams and, and the leaders of the teams. So a lot of it, I mean, so uh, or a big part of it is, is uh, that i have a strong connection built and, and a strong management team where we can discuss openly uh, about problems and, and challenges and and then there's of course also the kind of what i guess you could call it the the uh, the output control things where you're uh, uh participating and kind of uh, in in, uh, in observing what are the what are the team deliverables uh, and try to to take part in these uh, like different uh, like the, uh, the the sprint reviews, even if I'm having kind of a a, a drawn back role and trying not to to come down too hard uh, during uh, during those sessions, then it's 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 still kind of valuable uh, input to to uh, to how the vibe is, how things are going, how's the delivery coming? Is is it the good conversations that you see in the teams, and then bring that up with the with the uh, team lead or or manager at a later point.
5: Yeah, I think uh, I I very much agree. Um it comes down to, to to a lot of communication and observing also how people communicate within the team. Um to, to spot, you know, whatever may be not working. Um so that coaching kind of, you know, grows maybe outside of the one one to one relationship sometimes and, and and um and it has to do with the entire team as well. Um, but a uh, communication is key um, and and you know understanding also why people communicate a certain way what they mean mean for them personally um yeah a lot of communication and teamwork
2: I agree as well. It's a lot about uh, communication and observing other people's behaviors and also reflecting on what you see, like being an active listener and reflect on what you listen or active watcher, right, and what you see. Um, I also think in big organizations, uh, there are some processes that helps you to get this feedback. Some um, annual review processes or quarterly review processes uh, uh, that all... um, People go through, and as part of this process, there is always about collecting feedback, asking your peers, asking um, um, other people, managers, um, um, like whoever you communicated with to to provide the feedback. A lot of good ideas, suggestions, observations come from those, like more official processes as well.
5: I also feel like. You know when you asked about knowledge gaps and, and things like that this is maybe where we're touching upon mentorship as well that, that kevin uh, mentioned earlier there's there's a maybe a fine line but there is a line between coaching and mentorship um so and i think also it's important to understand the line when when are you actually trying to coach somebody and when trying to mentor somebody because methods may may differ
0: a fair amount yeah well, that's a good point to be fair because I was going to ask you myself, because like you said, it's a very fine line. There's probably a little bit of a grey area that's a crossover between the two. How would you separate them? What do you think is the difference between being mentored and being coached? Uh, To me, personally,
5: um, I think coaching is more about asking the right questions and, and active listening and sort of letting that person you know figure it out for themselves in the end so that you know it's a very powerful process to to go through and um so any guidance or knowledge sharing or experience sharing that's where you're touching more of the mentorship um realm so i guess that's more like listening coaching and talking (laughs) is mentorship right to to put it simple
4: yeah, I think, yeah, mentoring is, is a bit more, um, like, directive in a way, um, like, you're sharing advice, um, trying to unblock someone or onboarding someone to the team or, you know, sharing knowledge and experience. Um, yeah, like uh, Conrad summarized nicely, it's more more about talking.
0: Yeah, more of a hands-on approach, I suppose, isn't it? As opposed to, to coaching, which, which makes sense. Um, so... I guess when it comes down to you know, let's say you've identified an issue um, that you know you've realised that maybe it's a manager who's not communicating with their team effectively. There's a developer in the team who's maybe struggling to communicate internally, or it may be just a, a hard technical issue. Somebody's really struggling with a certain part of their, their role. What are some of the chosen methods that you've adapted in the past? What, where do you where have you seen the most success in terms of being able to take someone who's struggling and help them get to where they need to be?
3: Well, I think then it is. It, then it is, as, as the other uh, folks here said. Then it is actually uh, super important to realize that maybe coaching is not always the answer, or it can't be like one one, one tool that you have uh, that you have in the uh, having the box. Um, I guess when you, if you're looking at uh, if you're looking at a whole team uh so like uh even that in itself is a bit problematic so i thought that the the uh the headline was actually quite interesting like how do you coach your team because i i read it first as like the team as a whole yeah this is an interesting concept but anyway when you uh, i mean it can it can i'm sure that it can be done and is is being done uh in, in in group sessions as well but when i when i look about uh, or when i when i look at a team and saying like what are my what are my livers how can I how can I control or how can I influence this team without kind of taking over and getting mixed into to all the details um then I, I like to look at look at it from different angles so like you have the, the process angle I can go in and help with with finding out how the team should work and and say well if we work in a certain way then we can expect that that things are are are, are on the right track um or you could look at kind of input output control you you make certain resources available in terms of like uh, developers or hours or other uh, kind of resources. Uh, and then you can kind of and then you expect a certain output. So you can kind of then set expectations about we say we expect this output at a given time or uh, and, and then kind of uh, use that as a as a way to kind of steer. And then there's the uh, the uh, last one which can be quite powerful is the kind of the culture. Uh, so that you can kind of by uh, asking the right questions or, or uh, like uh, promoting the right behavior or rewarding the right behavior or you can kind of uh, uh, that can also be a, be a handle that you have. And I, and I actually found it super interesting uh, that uh, Kalina was saying about using coaching as a, uh, as a means to kind of uh, communicate or spread a desired company uh, culture. And I would actually really like to hear some more about that, if we can, uh, if we can, uh, if we can have time to get in get into that.
0: I'm happy to do that. If you are Galina,
2: yeah, I think uh, quite a lot of big organizations and probably small as well. It's just I you know, I recently worked in more big organizations. They now realize that coaching is one of the paths um, to achieve. Um, people job satisfaction to reduce retention rates and to impose uh, um, company culture like in the most maybe nature way Um, so in uh, Microsoft uh, uh, the um, three expected behaviors from manager they are formulated this way it's model coach and care And it's similar in uh, Myersk and my current organization where I work. And then you're like, as a manager, you're supposed to model, like, to show the company values. And you're also supposed to um, uh, kind of coach your teams a similar way. And the fact that you model it yourself, like, helps as well during coaching. And then, yeah, it's a lot, how do we do conversations? How do we, I don't know, maybe first, like, agile, not agile uh, uh, approaches, right? So which questions do we ask? Like, building a culture of trust. All of that, like, is part of um, coaching, can be achieved through coaching. And... uh, I think also to reflect on what you were saying, um, that uh, do you coach individuals or do you coach teams, in some cases you need a combination of this and then uh, some of the processes that they can set up, so like majority of the teams that I know follow some kind, some variation of Scrum, where like regular retrospective, or like other variations of Agile, where regular rec- retrospective are done, and then that's that's always the place where you can do coaching, and like uh, with the team together and work with them like uh, to resolve um, different type of issues.
0: something
3: yeah yeah yeah, i'm happy no and and i think it's it's a and i i think you're actually right that the uh that if you're doing some some kind of agile the the retrospective can be uh uh, really uh uh, powerful instrument um and and you i also find that uh that you can if you so uh, i think it was also you conrad saying by asking the right questions you can also And I know now we're kind of maybe sliding into the, is it then pure coaching? Uh, But by asking a certain type of questions, you can also kind of gently uh, uh, nudge the team to, to have, uh, to, to pay attention to different, uh, different areas that you, that you feel is is necessary without totally kind of destroying the team autonomy. Uh, And, and, and the retrospective can, I, I think a lot of places the retrospectives are not used uh, to the full potential. I mean, you can, so it's, it's uh, very often you, you see these uh, like super generic models. Uh, what were you happy about? What did you loathe? And then what should we continue? And then you kind of tend to repeat more or less the same conversations every time. Where well, I think it's quite interesting to experiment with saying, well, the I, is as a leader or manager of this team or in the area here, I see that this team could need to reflect something about like, uh, why are we not delivering as much as we could? Or uh, maybe we're facing a, uh, like a super, uh, super important delivery or at some point, or maybe there's some interpersonal problems and that you can actually actively by saying, well, uh, today we're using this retro technique and, and with by, by asking the right questions, uh, you can, you can kind of notch a lot in, in uh in a in a desired direction.
5: Uh, I also absolutely agree with the retrospectives. It's a, it's a great tool. And I think also it's it's it is pushing your team a little bit to uh, to be more vocal. Um, you know, I don't know. We're dealing with engineer, engineers, right? Uh, many of them like to like to code and then be in their zone and, and not really maybe talk openly so much. But just nudging them a little bit, you know by, by setting the over a certain format towards a retrospective. And, and then you know asking a couple of questions and you know, maybe waving through the silence that's in the room for a little bit. Um, then you would definitely see uh, eventually people people open up and people have opinions and they may you know that may be something that builds it up over time and, and never you never get to talk uh, talk about this. And uh, yeah, I, I see this happen lot, right so so definitely a powerful tool
1: to use and just to add on to what, what connor was saying i think uh, the listening part is so big in all of this uh, sometimes i've had uh, people come to me with issues that we can't necessarily resolve maybe it's politics in the company but but just having an engineer actually be heard and whatever they have to say like it's also a great way to build the foundation of trust which i think is essential in coaching that they know you have, have the best interest in, um, in mind wh- when you're talking to them in all regards if it's retrospectives or if it's one-to-ones or uh, any similar thing
4: yeah and then like the like having a retrospective it's kind of a group feedback session but there's of course also like very direct one-to-one feedback um, where You know trying to be as specific as possible and coming with actionable feedback right um like you did this thing and it would be great if you could do this instead because of this reason or also very important like please continue doing that um that was very useful for the team or you know something related to the code base so yeah and
0: that's a really good point Kevin. to be fair Uh, it was something i was thinking about earlier um I've got a team that I manage here internally, and I've, I've done a little bit of management in the past. And one thing that's I've always been very conscious of is I I hate the idea of someone asking me why they we're doing things a certain way or why a certain process is as it is. I hate the thought of essentially saying, "Well, because that's why we that's just how we do it, or that's just what we say we we should do." I'd I like to understand. What the reason is that we're doing things and if there's better ways that we can do it then i'm sure we'd probably all agree that we should be listening to that and taking that feedback on board right um and as klaus said as well that then obviously brings into the um into the conversation the trust you know the, the engineers then know that you've got their best interests at heart whether that's a, a positive, a positive negative or you know a neutral conversation that you're having with them if they know that you've got the best interests at heart then they're surely more likely to take it on board and, and take it to heart so um no, some really, really good points that raised there. Thank you for um, for going through that with us. So, um, so something that I think um, we we kind of need to come back onto is um, is remote working. So I, I think there's, if I'm not mistaken, a bit of a mix in here in terms of people that like to work in the office more and, and more from home. Um, obviously, we've all worked remotely at some point. Everyone's been working since at least 2020, right? So we've all done it at some point. Do, do you feel that's a benefit? Uh, do you feel it's a hindrance? Do you feel it not really matters when it comes to being able to coach your engineering teams?
3: I think, I mean, the the uh, I found that the basic kind of one-on-one relationships uh, that I found that quite easy to to kind of maintain uh, during during pandemic or uh, or with the extensive uh, remote work. Um, I was also in the situation that already the managers that I were working with uh, were at different locations than myself. Uh, and so I kind of, I, I didn't find that super problematic. Um, what I think is, uh, at least for 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 me with the uh, with the kind of slightly kind of pullback position from the team that, that I found uh, tricky was that uh, when being kind of co-located with the teams, they would kind of know a different side of me. And not just the guy that comes to the uh, comes to the the demos and are in fear, like putting in the like demands in place, uh, but they actually kind of also know me as the guy and the coffee machine and, and 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 kind of the more kind of uh, loose conversations, and that means that when we're then entering into uh, to saying a, a a team conversation like like a. Uh, uh, um, like a demo session or something that that I have a little bit more freedom to to kind of s- to say some more because they know me and they know how to read it whereas if I'm just the the guy that joins a video call every second week uh, then the uh, the uh, the kind of the my input can come down uh, like super super hard uh, so so I've actually kind of uh, I think learned to contain myself a lot more uh, during these kind of sessions, saying well, because I can't really—it's—it's it's more difficult for them to read where I'm—I'm I'm coming from, and it's also uh, more difficult for me to read the impact. So then I would actually prefer to kind of just like take notes, ask ask some polite questions, and then take it maybe one-on-one with the uh, with the manager afterwards uh, to 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 influence in that way. So I think that have been a little bit uh, stunted as you as you phrased it, Jane.
1: i think also uh, we we've had recently had uh, new hires come in and uh, that was that was more difficult during remote for sure um uh, recently we've actually started coming more in the office because just this whole like having a culture and i think it was galina that mentioned just observing and listening like you can't observe and listen on remote necessarily only if it's public channels uh, that's being communicated in. but but my experience was that it was not necessarily a lot of public channels. People are usually writing uh, one-to-one in uh, in private. Uh, we use Slack. Um, so just hearing what's going on, hearing the general mood of the team, I think that's become easier when we're not uh, that remote. Uh, listening in on uh, just uh, during lunch, how people are doing, uh, especially as you mentioned, Mikkel, uh, if if you have a, a level in between, sometimes it's nice just to have informal chats with uh, the people you are uh, indirectly leading uh, and hearing if everything's going well
5: yeah i absolutely agree um i personally i'm also the kind of guy that likes to you know chat with people in between the meetings and and kind of like knowing who those people are on the personal level and then what's going on in their life and you know are they tired are they busy are they happy all that stuff right that doesn't happen at meetings um, and getting to know their personality type, I think that's that's a powerful tool to use in coaching as well. Um, like my wife is is a person a professional coach actually, and, and we talk a lot about personality types and, and like really understanding different processes that happen in people's minds. And you know, everybody's a bit different. Everybody's acts differently when they're stressed or when they when they're relaxed and and getting to know a personality type just, you know, on this regular one-on-one or, or in a meeting that's about, you know, some initiative, it's it's hard. It's really hard.
4: And I think another aspect is with remote. So Metable is an interesting setup for us in Copenhagen because we have a few people uh, in an office in Copenhagen and then the rest of the company is remote. Um, it's a U.S.-based company. But we have people all over the world, um, and so my team is a mix of people that are in the office, and I usually go to the office. And then there's also people that are remote. I think, like with, with when everybody is remote, you're kind of on the same boat, um, and that 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 changes the dynamic as well. So if you have this mixed setup, um, and I think with remote people, you have to be much more like proactive and hands on um often when people run into issues when they're co-located they can just you know ask their neighbor like hey i'm stuck on this thing um what do we do here whereas you know people that are remote they might you know depending on the situation they might be afraid to to ask uh, on slack or you know they take a bit longer to get to this point where they're comfortable to ask for help um and then you have to be a bit more proactive and, and ask you know how people are doing and If they need any assistance with anything
0: that's a really good point that's something i never thought of before but yeah if you think about it you know having to call someone and have a one-to-one video meeting with them is probably more intimidating to people than just leaning over a desk and saying like i've got two seconds i just need need help with this um so that's one thing i've never really considered which is, is really interesting um i think it's probably time that we come on some success stories so This is probably the uh, only thing that I mentioned in terms of preparation, maybe something to think about. Um, You've all been in management and been in engineering for even longer now. So um, what are some of the success stories that you've had with your teams in the past where there's been a need for coaching? You've done something and it's improved. I can get, I can give a quick one to get get us started, if you like. I, I don't mind. Um, it's obviously not technical. I mean, I'm not that technical. Um, but something that that I learned um, is probably very, very basic. It's probably a lot less complex than what you're about to tell me. Um, but when I first stepped into management, I had a one-to-one um, with somebody external from our company. And they kind of analyzed the way in which I was working with my team, some of the things that I was doing. One of the things that they realized with me is that I was telling a lot more than asking. So, if somebody asked me a question and they wanted help with something, I'd tell them the answer or at least point them heavily towards the answer. Um, And one thing that I was kind of taught was to implement something where if somebody asks you a question, um, ask them what they would do in that situation. Ask them how, if I wasn't here, how would you approach that? And then we can sit together and come, you know, it may be the the right answer they give first time. Um, It may be something that needs a little bit of work and we can sit and work that out together. Um, But I think it's really helped to make the team more independent um, and Essentially, to help them to grow more quickly, um, from like a professional perspective, but um, yeah, something like that. But a little bit more impressive sounding, please.
3: I, I, I think it's. I really thought about this because I think it's kind of tricky. Uh, so when you're when you're kind of uh, in this kind of management position or coaching position or call it what you want with with you, with your uh, with your team there's all there's always so many different uh, kind of parameters at stake there's so many things that are influencing the situations so to kind of to to uh, to go in and point I, I I as a manager put this in place and that kind of flip the case for success I think that's it's uh, it's it's kind of tricky and and I mean I all I mean I will always look. I mean, it's the team that are doing the work. It's the team that are having this, uh, the the uh, the success. So, I mean, I I think I can mention if uh, some some cases where I think we had some interesting conversations and the team kind of moved in the right direction. But I mean, I would I would never kind of go in and kind of try like, steal that credit from the team or or the uh, or the or the or the, or the team or the team manager. So. Um, I think one of the one of the more kind of interesting challenges, like professionally, for a it was actually not one team. I guess it was more like three different teams that needed to work together. Was that we've been working on in a, on a on a product uh, release from from for some time, uh, probably like one and a half year to kind of to to build the software and it had been kind of a, been demo demo to customers and and kind of tested and kind of run through uh and then uh, and then luckily we got a couple of big enterprise customers and all of their supplier uh, kind of joining in and starting to use the product and then that kind of um, and that kind of brought us or it meant that we needed to move, move uh, from being this, this uh, position where we're building uh, like greenfield software that were kind of shoot uh, should demo well over to now, we're actually kind of then also needing to kind of uh, to uh, uh, to support this go live. And there's a lot of problems in the software. Uh, so to kind of to uh, so we needed to totally kind of flip mentality uh, at the same time, also keeping on that it was still a young product that we needed to to develop. But we needed to instill a whole new kind of capability and mentality of the team about also uh uh kind of supporting and fixing and hardening and, and and engaging in directly with with uh, conversations uh with the with the customers when they were having uh problems so and 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 there are really some teams and people that grew tremendously uh during that phase and i think that it, we we really came through it in, in in a good way so by kind of uh, trying to manage that or uh, realized that now the kind of the conversation and the goals of the teams had kind of changed or needed to be adjusted and and i think we got through it in, in, in a in a quite good way
2: thank you michael for for an example i think that's uh, uh, like a very great example of like coaching the teams because I also experienced the same shift. Like I was also going through my teams through the same shift, and I think uh, this terminology that is probably used there, right? It's a different mentality that you need to do between uh, like building a product zero to one, like to the first customer, and zero to many and one to many, right? So like zero to one, one to many. It's uh, really uh, there is a big difference over there. Uh, yeah. so it's
3: a different story. Yeah, totally.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and I think that's a great example of like uh, coaching the teams where they need to switch mentality Uh, i want to share some example of uh, coaching maybe individual uh, people Uh, so a lot in uh, coaching um, individual people in in our work is also about like career progression and uh, what I noticed, there is like a part of discussing how to go to the next level. And uh, there is definitely like uh, when there is a path to, uh, to switching to manager, there are some quite a lot of articles and considerations uh, um, like, okay, how to establish you in, in a new leadership role when you change from individual contributor to manager. And there are quite a lot of um, resources to support you there. Uh, And for me, like one of the eye-opening was uh, actually the path for juniors, like the very first step for juniors, uh, meaning that majority of the students that join the company, they're first, I mean, they're quite shy, they try to uh, understand what is going around. Uh, They are building both professional experience, but then like their work culture experience. And then when they actually are ready to, the, to go to the next level, uh, for quite a lot of people, it becomes challenging because at this moment, they would want to take more responsibility. They would want to like be considered now as experts in some area, but uh, in the, like, we all kind of form our perceptions, right? But the team has perception of a person as a junior, and then to help the person, to coach the person, to go through that, like to uh, teach them how to take the space that they need, um, how to speak up differently in the team. And then for the team as well, to to realize that they actually need to change their perception, that that's the time when they need to start look at the person differently, uh, and like talk to the person differently, and, mm-hmm. like, I personally didn't find a lot of, like, materials about that. And uh, despite the fact that probably everyone goes for that, it's it was quite interesting experience for me in several cases. Like, uh, really, like, working with a person. And, like, depending on personality, it can be easier or harder to uh, change your own habits. And then, like, working with a team as well, like... Um, Uh, talking about yeah like uh, um, you need to move to the uh, new yeah you need to consider uh, like a person like um, at the person growth and like uh, revisit your perceptions that was one of the like I think the most experienced one uh, the most like rememberable one for me
1: Thing is also, as you mentioned, Miguel. As when does it become a success story? Because if, to a large extent, I think if if you're doing coaching right, it's not necessarily going to be a success story. It's just going to be a continual thing you keep on building on. Uh, also, as you mentioned, Galina, uh, just t- making small steps. It, this is not about putting out a fire. Hopefully, because then you've not done coaching right. Uh, then then you've made a mess out of it and not really listened or observed to your team. So. I've actually had a hard time finding a success story, but now what you mentioned, Galina, just seeing people grow little by little, uh, asking them the questions they need to figure out to, to get to the next level. Like we've had some technical, super strong technical players in my team was like, we need some soft skills from you. Like what kind of soft skills could you get into Um and now uh, that person is doing uh, workshops and uh, doing knowledge sharing presentations and of course uh, that's super nice to see people grow like that with just simple questions
0: that's just answered one of my other questions i was going to ask so one of the things i was going to cover was like is there a point where you should stop coaching a team or coaching an individual i'd imagine from what you've just said klaus your answer is no right
1: It's a continual process, I would say. Um, Of course, if everything is uh, good, good, uh, don't necessarily look into the bad things, but then we can look at, uh, as Galina also mentioned, what's the next level? How can we take it? And I think Mikkel mentioned it on the retrospective. How could we take the team to the next level? Like challenge if everything is uh, good then put uh, some more expectations on the team, maybe. Sorry, Kamala. I think I
0: just uh, caught in front
1: of
5: you there. No, anyways, uh, I always was I was gonna sort of you know I was also thinking about the success stories, but mm-hmm. didn't come up with something that uh, particular, but I think it focused more on on the on the methodologies uh, in my case. and I know we do, we just touch up upon something really <laughs> interesting with uh, with when to stop. But maybe just to just to quickly touch upon the the previous question with uh, with the stories. Uh, there, there's just this, this one method I really uh, like to talk about and, and share and and it comes it comes from my passion to um to climbing I do you know like bouldering and climbing in my free time and and, and I watch a lot of like films and, and videos about that about professionals doing that and and you often see climbers just kind of like lying down on the ground and looking at the route and and kind of doing those moves that that they can see on the wall, right? So they're visualizing that uh, themselves in that situation. and And I think I had a, a couple times situation when when people were struggling with something and and instead of you know telling them, hey just you know just do this, we'll be fine, right <laughs> Just just have them make this exercise of visualization or you could put it more like a risk management exercise. and and see yourself, like, see, okay, what are the cases are the scenarios that may happen and, and see yourself in them and and act on them in a certain way. Like, what can happen? What can I do, right? And then eventually when you are in this situation, then you're ready to go. You, know, you, know, you don't panic. You know, you know how to act. And I, th- I think this builds a certain amount of confidence in people over time. Um, so that's just this exercise I, I recommend people to do.
4: Yeah, so, I'm sorry go ahead
3: no no it's just if, if uh I would just kind of uh, I would like to offer myself to share a complete failure but I mean so that would kind of take us into the when do not do coaching so uh if uh, if there are more success stories left by all means let's uh, talk about them first
4: um yeah so because yeah Jamie you asked us to to prepare this a bit and um I was thinking about it uh, earlier today and yeah it's people. i thought it was a bit difficult to come up with a specific story but i decided to um to just uh, do something crazy and ask so i just talked to somebody who's been in my team for several years and i explained like i'm going to be on this roundtable discussion about coaching and like what is something you think i've done well uh over like in those years that we've been working together um and i think i'll think i'll just read uh part of their answer like out loud and just quoted because i think there's a, a nice a few nice things in there related to the topic of coaching um so what they said was um i think it was very nice of you throwing responsibilities at me and trusting me with it and giving your input along the way when you thought it was needed they gave me space to grow at the right pace and taught me to own the work i do whether it's good or bad um and it like i was actually very happy with the reply uh, because like i felt like i did something well but i actually think there's a lot of the the essence of coaching in that answer um i I thought it was I'm, i'm happy to share that success story
0: that's a brilliant way to share it and i'm glad they replied if they would just gone offline and, and blanked you it would have been a little bit awkward right <laughs> but no it's um it's really, always really nice to hear stuff like that right i mean it's you know sometimes it's difficult as as a manager i think to get feedback from your team you know you're their manager at the end of the day it might be a little bit of an awkward conversation for them to have directly with you but it's obviously you know something you've worked hard on which is, is good to see um michael should we hear about your failure then
3: yeah, uh, because I, I think it's, it was, it's a quite interesting failure. Uh, so uh, the background is that I came from a period of working with quite experienced teams. So uh, with with uh, engineers and developers who had like a lot of experience and opinion on choice of technology or choice of methodologies, et cetera. And then at some point I kind of moved to... Uh, super talented team but also much less senior uh so and then after kind of working with uh, one of the teams for uh, for a month or so i was kind of saying okay there's something with the the way that they're working that, that's not really working so uh, i decided to kind of like just do a like super open floor kind of a coaching session saying let's talk about it. and so instead of just like pulling like a scrum 2.x down from the shelf Thing. Let's do this the, the right way. I mean, let's talk openly about what are our problems, what are our challenges, what is it that we want to achieve, and then kind of really make sure that we kind of pick pick the right elements and and and, and kind of have the perfect setup. And so I was kind of laying that out for the team, saying, okay, like opening up the floor. So what do we want to achieve? And there was just like five young folks just sitting there like caught in the headlights of a car. And I kind of, I tried to, Push and kind of notch them and saying, "Okay, well, I mean, what last me, What was like a major problem that we had, and they're still this like." And then one of them at some point just like quietly said, uh, "Michael, I think maybe you should just tell us what to do." And and I think that, that was and, that, and it was spot on because that was exactly what I needed to do at the time. I needed to say, "Hey, folks, uh, we I'll just I suggest that we do these kind of uh, modifications to our method." Let's come back to next week and see if you don't think that that, were worked out fine because they were. So I mean, and, in an, and it's to to an example of when not to do coaching. I mean, you need to have some kind of idea that the knowledge or the answer is somehow already present in the team, and that they're kind of mature enough and and have enough background knowledge. So uh, otherwise, it's probably better to like to go into teaching, mentoring, or putting putting the right the right uh, frame in place. So so that was my f- uh, story of failure for I mean, it uh, well. I mean we we got a uh, I put something in place and eventually we also kind of uh, found the courage to and and kind of not just then to evaluate and talk about these things. So
5: I love your example and, and it really it's very much refers to a conversation that I had with my home uh, coach, my wife here. <laughs> About And I was like, oh, never stop, you know, coach, you coach people in career, day to day and everything, right? Like never stop coaching. Talking about, you know, sometimes people just need, just need a straight answer. I just, just want to get the answer and move on. Right. So that's, there was a line, right? Uh, where, where coaching is just not really helping anymore. And if somebody here is not a question, they will just, you know, explode.
0: Yeah, that's something I learned pretty quickly when I was telling you the story before about when I got asked to um, ask more questions rather than telling people. I think I went too far the other way and somebody would say, you know, Jamie, what time is that? I go, well, what time do you think it is? And I was just like, you know, I've really got to like work out now what, like, what, what's going on. So, um, sorry, Klaus, were you going to jump in there? No, all good. Um, conscious of time, is there anything else that we haven't covered or anything else that people would like to bring up before we get wrapped up? All good? Cool. Okay. Well, in that case, I'll let you all get on with your evenings, but um, thank you so much for joining. Um, I've had a blast. I've learned a lot um, and I'm sure that you all have to as well. Um, again, thank you all so much for taking the time out of your day. I know it's, um, it's, a, it's a busy role that you've all got day to day, so it's, uh, it's massively appreciated and hopefully you've all took something away from it and massively appreciate you bringing your expertise to the round table. So hopefully I'll see you all again very soon and yeah, in the meantime, have a great evening. See you all later. Yeah, you too, Thank Damian. Thanks all. Okay. And there
3: be interesting insights from all of you. So it's Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. For your
4: inputs. Thanks, everyone.
0: Amazing. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. See Bye. you all later. Bye. Bye.